just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live, and I'll tell you up front, if you're listening over on one of the podcast sites or you're, you know, maybe driving or something, uh, yeah, tune in, absolutely, but you might want to go back on this one uh, and, and, and look because you're going to, you're going to really see some things in, in this interview that uh, are worth seeing because my guest today is, is Tim Gagnon, and Tim is an artist, and Tim has created something very beautiful that is available now, uh, but it's Awesome. It's very visual, uh, and it's art, and it is called the Illuminated Messiah, uh, and it's it's the Bible. Well, you know, what? I'm not even going to try. I'm going to let Tim tell you, uh, but it, this is something that uh, it's worth seeing. So I'm glad you're here, and if you know people, especially both my daughters are artists, so this is like the kind of thing that I share with them like that. So hit that share button if you want them to see this. If you want someone else, one of your not my daughters, one of someone you know to see this. You get the point. Tim, <laughs> welcome to Life Today Live. Great to have you. No, oh, thank you so much for having me. It's really excited. I'm glad to be here to talk about this. This is my passion. Well, tell us exactly what it is in your words, because I can I can describe it, but I didn't actually do it. So what is the Illuminated Messiah? The Illuminated Messiah is, it, it kind of harkens back to those old um, medieval illuminated manuscripts, those old Bibles from the Middle Ages that had the combination of calligraphy, narrative art and gold leaf and so that's really what they're they're kind of honoring that in a way and uh, what it is is it's a collection of 66 original messianic portraits jesus in every book in the bible and they all are collected together in this in this beautiful bible and what's really neat is that even though they're all individual standalone paintings as you can see behind me, they all combine together to form what in the art world we call a polyptych image, which is multiple paintings combining together to form a brand new surprise big image. And in this case, they form a 12 foot cross revealing the crucified Christ. So, okay, so now that's not like some uh, Zoom background behind you, obviously. This, what, what exactly are we looking at in the individual panels there behind you? These are metal reproductions of the original paintings. Okay. And so when we when we go to churches, we actually travel with all of the original artwork from this Bible and we put on art exhibits in churches. That's cool. And uh, it's really exciting. And so what we do is you'll have all the original art around the church and then you'll have this giant 12 foot cross on display as well at the same time. So how, how big are those things behind you? It's a little hard to tell in the flat video. The original you... paintings, and I can stand up and show you the okay. original yeah. pieces. The original paintings are eight by 10. Yeah. But when it's all put together, this is only about half of it. It's nine and a, it's, uh, I'm sorry, Jesus himself is nine feet tall, but the cross is 12 and a half feet tall and it's nine feet across. And each of those panels are individual books of the Bible, yeah? Yes, every single one of these is, like, like this is Second Corinthians, here's Galatians, here's Ezekiel, uh, this one is Isaiah. Every book of the Bible has been illuminated. That That is that is really cool. All right. Um, <laughs> how, 
what, what, how, how do you how do you do this? I mean, how did how did you come up with it? I, mean, I, I don't even know how, I don't know the right question to ask because I mean, that's, yeah, it, it's a scary place in here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they always say artists are all you know wackadoo a little bit, but this was a process. I mean, this was a five year journey for me. Uh, that's how mm. long it took me to paint all of these. You know, it's a combination of theological research, all the Messianic Old Testament prophecies and their fulfillment in the new. And then, but it's also me having to go through the process of figuring out how do you paint that particular one? But the process of creating an illumination, each one of these is much, you know, if I was just painting portraits, this would have taken me maybe a year. But because of how long illuminations take, the combining of the text, the combining of the gold leaf and all of the paintings, it took five years total. Uh, each individual painting probably took about six weeks uh, for each one uh, with a lot of research and different things. And and one of the, the scary parts is, is at any point in the process, if anything goes wrong, yeah, right. especially when I was overlaying the text, because I use what's called an acrylic paint transfer. And using digital technology, you can transfer text onto an acrylic painting. Mm. And so, and then on top of that, I would do oils. All the figures are in oils, but the text and the underpainting is acrylic. But when you're laying the text, if anything goes wrong, it rips the entire painting off the panel and you have to start over from oh scratch. Oh my gosh. So we did, a, I, I gilded, which is gold leafing. I gilded a hundred panels and there's only 66. And I went through all of them. <laughs> All right, we just got fireworks behind you. Is that Zoom interrupting? I guess that's Zoom. I've never seen that. I guess they were excited about it. (laughs) That's that's pretty funny. So here's one thing I do know uh, about uh, people who are artistic, and and it runs the gamut of art, art, music, whatever. They see things um, in the world uh, and, and oftentimes in Scripture a little bit differently than maybe most people or the non-art you know less artistic person uh and and i think that's what enables them to maybe you know write the songs where we go man how did you even come up with that or paint the paintings like that what do you see when you look at the work you've done well i i communicate visually Hmm. you know when even when i read i don't see words when i read i see images and, Hmm. and and as an artist i communicate that way and so when I'm just having a, a, when I'm telling a story, I'm seeing the images, I'm seeing the pictures. And so when I'm reading the Bible and I'm reading these passages, I see the images in such a way. And, and every artist that has every artist in the history of artists, your daughters can know this. You have this thing where you're like, oh, I got to paint that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. when you're reading these passages, it's like, I see it. And I'm like, okay, that's it. That's it. And then you have to work that out with sketching and doodling and, and, and what we call thumbnails. And you really work out the process. There was a lot of prayer and a lot of like Bible study. And then it's okay, Lord, help me find, find exactly how I want to make this look. The tricky part here, though, was they all have to combine together to form Jesus's body. Mm. And so it's like, okay, in uh, if you look right over here above my shoulder, you see, you know, uh, Jonah and the fish. Well, that's Jesus's right forearm. So how do I hide Jesus's forearm in the composition of Jonah and the great fish? So that was really complicated in the process. So I had to, uh, uh, the first thing I did is I laid out the cross on a giant wall and I painted Jesus on the cross from my model. 
And then once I had that, I took the panels down and could look at them individually. Like, okay, oh, this is this is Jesus's toes, but it's also going to be Deuteronomy, which is the story and the passages about Mo about the Messiah being a man like Moses. So I have Moses parting the Red Sea. Jesus's toes are hidden in the waves crashing behind Moses. Uh, yeah, um, I this is really wild and cool, and and I want to. I'm going to do something real quick. I want to go to your website. You can go to illuminatedmessiah.com. But if I show you on the screen, um, there's him painting. Let's see. There's illuminatedmessiah.com. All right. I was looking in your gallery before doing this, and you've done a lot of work, a lot of artwork outside of this particular thing, right? Oh, yes. And, and here's what I'm wondering is just the average guy sitting home, you know, looking at this i think you can make a lot more money painting landscapes or famous people or whatever than dedicating five years of your life to putting together a jesus on the cross which i love what you've done but i this is a little bit of sacrifice is it not a little bit i mean for me it's not i i, I that's my passion is, you know, my faith and my art is two sides of the same coin. And really, you know, I don't create for God. I create with God. Uh -huh. You know, it's a collaborative process. Mm -hmm. You know, I get I get I spend time with my father and I paint and I create. You know, mm -hmm. I always tell people my creator created me to create. And when I'm making art, I can feel his presence and his pleasure watching me and, and working with me. So that's part of the process. And so it doesn't matter if I'm painting Jesus on the cross or two polar bears in a snowstorm, which, by the way, I painted last week. <laughs> <laughs> and it's awesome. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. God shines through all that. Yeah. And, and so it really doesn't matter. But for me, I really early on in my artistic career when I was in the military, uh, my commander, my flight commander was a man of faith. And when I met him, I didn't know anything. I was just been saved, just had a born again experience, didn't know anything, wasn't even sure exactly what happened to me. And the first thing he ever said to me was, I'm a Baptist, what are you? And I told him I was French. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never heard the word Baptist in my life. I didn't know what he was, you know, but he figured out because I was a graphic specialist in the military, he, he figured out in a way to disciple me in a way to mentor me in my faith, he used my art to do that. And so he would ask me, can you, I'm teaching a Sunday school class on David and Goliath. Can you teach me, can you paint me a picture of David and Goliath for my class? Hmm. And I'd say, sure. And he'd say, hold on now. It has to be biblically accurate. Oh. And baby Christian me was like, ooh, what's that? It tingled on my ears. What was that, you know? <laughs> and he would take me through an hour, two hour Bible study about David and Goliath. <laughs> <laughs> and he did that every week for years. And before I knew it, I fell in love with the word of God. Yeah. And I was using my art to express that love for the word of God. And it was helping him with his Sunday school courses, but it was also developing my faith and my passion for the word. So when I paint, yeah, I, I'll paint two polar bears in a snowstorm. I'll paint a landscape. I'll paint all kinds of things. But what do I love to paint? I love to paint my faith. Oh, I and and I love that. At what point did you realize what he was doing? 
like that it took me a while I'm, I'm 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 pretty slow you know <laughs> and you're having fun painting i'm so i'm guessing i was so just much. having a blast painting but yeah it didn't take long before i was hooked on the bible i was so hooked on the bible it wasn't even funny so you as you how how long have you been traveling with this in churches and doing the uh, we finished this about uh, a year and a half ago, oh, wow. and okay. uh, we have had about five exhibits so far. Our first exhibit was in South Carolina at uh, Church at the Mill in uh, in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Yeah, and uh, they they had incorporated in into a big night of worship event on Good Friday. Oh. They had over three thousand people showed up. Wow, and it was just a beautiful exhibit. And they they had all the art on display in their in their church foyer. And then uh, we built this cross one panel at a time, live on stage. And then right at the climax of the event, they lifted the cross up and revealed it. And it just oh. was absolutely amazing. Okay. Yeah, I, I can imagine that it, it has, it, the visual has an impact on us, you know? It really does. You know, a lot of people seem to forget, and, and sadly, Protestants especially, they don't really think about the visual arts, but for the first 1500 years, the church's primary tool to interact and engage and most importantly, influence culture were visual arts, yeah. illuminations, mosaics, architecture, sculpture. You know, people would, they would cross the English channel and walk across Europe for just a glimpse of Michelangelo's work. Mm -hmm. You know, then they'd go home and tell everybody about it. Imagine what could happen if your church if the most beautiful art in your city, in your state, wasn't in a museum, it was in your church. Yeah, right. What could God do? Yeah, well, it, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, of course, a lot of people couldn't read back then, so it was all they they had. But the the detail, I've got my Donegal T-shirt on today um, from my trip in Ireland last year, and, and I went to uh, Dublin and went to Trinity College and did the whole Book of Kells. Uh, oh, tour, which I'm is a little I mean, jealous. I mean, do what? I'm a little jealous. The Book of Kells is its nickname is medieval Europe's greatest treasure. Yeah, yeah, and and what it, it what it is it's it's inspired by scripture. It's the Bible in in this this beautiful artwork, and in it lasts. It's enduring. And well, it's funny you said the yeah. word beautiful because yeah. that's a key thing. The illuminations are a medieval tradition, but it's much older than that. Hmm. This tradition of beautifying the Word of God, making it pretty, it actually goes all the way back to the Jewish captivity in Babylon. Really? And the Jewish rabbis back then, they were, they were, they were looking at Exodus 15.2, uh, where it says, I will exalt, he is my God, he is my father's God, and I will exalt him. But the, the word exalt was a little like weird to them. And they said, what is Moses saying with this word exalt? Because it's it's like strange. And they 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 roommated over it and they they debated about it. And what they came up with thousands of years ago was that word exalt should really read this way: I will exalt God by creating beautiful things. Hmm. And so the Jewish tradition is called Hidur Mitzvah. And it means the beautification of the Torah, the beautification of the word. Mm. And so that's where we get medieval illuminated manuscripts. Really? And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm exalting God by making the Bible as beautiful as I can possibly make it. That was not in the audio on the tour in the Book of Kells. I mean, that's very significant, actually. <laughs> if it was, I missed it. So 
pardon me if I, if I missed it. Um, so, he, okay, so, I, so there's the artwork, but the Illuminated Messiah Bible itself um, obviously is not the giant display. What What is in this? This uh, is it right here. And what it has is it, it's a beautiful King James Bible. Uh, it comes with the poster. So you unfold okay. it, and there's the poster. So every Bible comes with a poster okay. of the polyptic image with all of the Bible passages of the Messianic prophecies. Nice. But then on the inside, when you, when you open it up, every book of the Bible, when you go to say, like, I'm in Deuteronomy right now. So normally when you open a Bible, the first page of Deuteronomy, it tells you, like, the history written by Moses on this yeah. date and all that. Yeah. Instead of that, what you see is you actually see the painting. Gotcha. And then on the back of that, we have commentaries explaining the theology behind every brushstroke. Why did I paint it this way? Why oh. did I make it look like that? What part of the polyptych image is it? Is it a toe, a knee, uh, uh, an elbow, yeah. that sort of thing. And so that's that's what we have in here. It's also got some really cool things in the back that I had nothing to do with. Uh, Broad Street Publishing did a great job. They have a chart with 44 Messianic prophecies in the Old Testament, and then right next to it, where exactly in the New Testament Jesus fulfills them. Oh, cool. So it's got some great Bible study tools in here. It's just a fun, fun, beautiful Bible that, you know, is great for edification. And it's also, for me, it's a painted devotional contemplating our promised Messiah, who he is, how we would recognize him, what he was going to do, all of those little flashes in the Old Testament giving us hints of who he is. And so it's it's like do you I mean we're both a little bit older here we're a little long in the tooth you remember that old song um, of the it was the father and son team the song called he is yes. where you would say he is in Genesis he's this and Exodus he's this and Deuteronomy he's this and and they would just go through the Bible saying Jesus is this Jesus is this Jesus is this in a way that's what this is okay all right well this which is beautiful not just on on a visual level an artistic level. But I mean, the beauty of, of that and the, the history and the fulfillment of the prophecies is, uh, I, I love it. And I love when people understand <laughs> the proper context of those prophecies. Because I think the Old Testament's all about Christ and the New Testament's all about Christ. One's looking forward, the other looking back. Because exactly. that's, that's the whole thing. If that's not true, this is all ridiculousness. But if that's right. true the universe changes and so I love right it. yeah we actually have a um we have a five-day devotional on the uversion bible app for the illuminated messiah oh, good. Bible. yeah and uh, it's a nice five-day devotional. but in, in in i think it's day two we talk about the messianic prophecies and the what are the statistical odds of one first century man fulfilling just three or four or five of those and they're absolutely astronomical these old testament messianic prophecies are the validation they validate mm -hmm. the word of god they validate jesus as the messiah as the christ this is he is exactly who he said he was yeah. and this is one of the best ways to up uh, using apologetics if you're going to want right. to to take a skeptic and say how do you explain these you right. can't right you know there's no explanation other than god yeah well yeah and and sometimes they'll say well they were they were written after the fact or they you know but the reality is the Old Testament sets the bar so high for a Messiah that no man could ever fulfill it. Exactly. You know. So, uh, okay, uh, a couple of side, not side questions, but a couple of things in, in, in the notes. Uh, and I, I just have to ask you about one is what is your, 
What did you dabble in in the occult when you were young? <laughs> what is that about? I, I was a very <laughs> foolish young man. <laughs> so when I was in, when I was growing up, I grew up in a very small town. There's more moose than people up there. And that's not even an exaggeration. Um, but I, I wish it wasn't, but it's true. Very small town, very isolated. And you were either Catholic or you were a moose. But my family, we weren't, we didn't go very often. We we would go, like I went to catechism. I was confirmed. I, I went through all of that. But it wasn't a priority in our household. Um, and so there were a lot of reasons for that that I've learned now as an adult. But growing up, it was not a priority. And so on the sixth grade, the teacher asked us to write an oral report. You know, you have to stand in front of the class and give a little report. But she knew us all because our town was so small, she diapered half of us. You know, <laughs> right. we were all related to her. And so she said, you have to do your oral report on something you know nothing about. And she sent us all to the school library. And because it was New England, there's a lot of the Salem witch trial oh, books yeah. and things like that in the, in, the, in the middle school library. And I found all these books on witchcraft. And I said, well, I don't know anything about that. That'll work, you know? And and so I started doing that. And uh, long story short, by the time I was a senior in high school, I was ridiculously involved in black magic and witchcraft and channeling spirits and, and all of those oh, things. Geez. And one day I was in my room and I was literally casting spells and the presence of God started approaching. And the only way I can describe it is if you've ever been on the railroad tracks when the train's coming and you can feel it pushing the air in front of it, uh -huh. that's what it felt like. And it freaked me out. And so I thought God's coming to kill me because, you know, right. what I was doing. Sure. So I ran out of my house and I ran to St. Joseph's Catholic Church and I ran into the confessional booth and cut everybody in line. And I told Father LaCroix every single thing i had ever done <laughs> and he was like calm down people can hear you out there <laughs> and i'm like no you don't understand god's trying to kill me you got to talk to him for me and all this and you know and then guess what apparently god knows where saint joseph's catholic church is he showed up there yeah. and he crammed himself right in that confessional booth with me and i you know it's hard to explain, but I didn't hear God with my ears. I heard him with my teeth because every atom in my uh -huh. body was just like, you know, and I remember hearing him say, stop it. <laughs> right. Come and follow me. Mm. And I just said, yeah, yes. Wow. Okay. okay yes. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. But then I left the confessional booth and no one explained to me what happened. Yeah. And nobody I knew could explain it to me what happened. And so year, a year later, I joined the military. I met Captain Mark Hayes. He says, I'm a Baptist. What are you? Yeah. I told him I was French. And then he said, I got to help this boy. Yeah. And so he was my first real spiritual father. And he started to develop my faith. And then there was a man named Chaplain Bruce Ewing, who was another great man of God. Two very different men from very different backgrounds. But they saw something in me and they developed it in me. And they encouraged me through my art. And uh, they are most likely the the two biggest reasons why I'm sitting here talking to you today. You know, uh, what I love about that is sometimes we oftentimes get hung up in our, our religious tribes, you know, Baptist, Catholic, or you know, Pentecostal, whatever. But the only thing that matters, and I have found that I can go to all these quarters. I can go, I can go to the Catholics, I can go to the Charismatics, I can go to the real conservatives. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of religion in a lot of those places and a lot of things that just need to kind of be 
left by the wayside, but there are people there who understand at least a little bit uh, that it's all about what's right behind you. Yeah. That's all that matters. Exactly. And when we all point there, we're all pointing in the right direction. And then our, our tribal stuff doesn't matter. Exactly. You know, it's funny when Captain Hayes was talking to me and I was, he, he, he thought I needed Jesus. So he's witnessing to me. Yeah. And about halfway through, I went, that's what happened to me. I didn't, cause I didn't have all the lingo. I didn't right, have all right. the Christianese. I didn't know anything, you know? <laughs> and so he, he was flabbergasted. So he, he hit me with the Romans road. He hit me with evangelism explosion. He hit me with every way. And every time I'd be like, that happened to me. Oh, wow, <laughs> and then he finally sits back flabbergasted. And then he said, you're born again. And I went, what's that? <laughs> I didn't know. So, so he, he gave me my first real Bible. Because before that, I, you know, the Bible that I, when I got, when you get saved and remember, I didn't even know there was a word called get saved. Right, right. When, when you give your heart to the Lord, you suddenly, I had this hunger for the Bible, uh, but I was taught that this is the way I was raised. And I can tell you this, it wasn't just me. Everybody I knew was raised this way. Timmy, people that go to church too much, which for us would have been three times a year, people that go to church too much are either really old and they need that. Or they might molest you. Oh God! That's that's our that's how we were. Everybody I knew felt that way, well, and so. Mm. But I had this hunger for the Bible. Well, the only Bible we had was a big giant golden books, um, yeah. Bible, children's Bible, uh -huh. where Jesus had yellow hair and blue eyes, <laughs> right. and the devil literally had a red suit on <laughs> oh, yeah. that one. And I hid that under my mattress. Wow. because I was afraid to get caught with it. And I put it in my backpack and would climb the mountain behind my house because the bears weren't going to tell anybody I was reading a Bible. Wow. And so, but Captain Hayes gave me, it was his personal Bible hmm. and he gave it to me and I looked at it and there were no pictures in it at all. And I was like, oh boy. <laughs> no, but, but he discipled me. Actually, I gave that Bible to my daughter on her 16th birthday. She hmm. still has it today. Love it, love it. And I'll see what you needed was uh, the illuminated messiah bible which uh there's the website illuminatedmessiah.com uh and then the actual book it looks like a bible but it's way more visual for people uh just like tim so yeah this is only the third true illuminated manuscript bible since the printing press really yes and so now now and and that's that that's debatable but to be a true illumination you have to combine the calligraphy the gold leaf or silver leaf um so gilding calligraphy and narrative paintings and so um um there there were two other books that were done um in the last since 2011 uh they they were published and uh, this one was the third modern one most of your other ones that call themselves illuminations what they do is they just grab paintings that were done mm. from other things and they throw them in a bible yeah. and uh but to have art that's created specifically for one particular Bible, uh, this is only the third modern one. Okay. So that's about 750 years. You, you know, press was made in 1440. Most of us don't even know the difference, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a very rare art form today. Yeah. yeah. It's a very rare art form today. Well, it's and so for, for the art purists uh, in your life, if you're watching, this is a, this is very very cool. It stands out, obviously, and man, so much work. Golly, man, the dedication in the work. How many times did you want to quit? Oh, 
You know, I have to say, I never really wanted to quit, but there were times when, there, when I say blood, sweat, and tears, yeah. you know, when you've spent like three days working on a painting and then you put the text on and you mess it up and you rip the entire painting right off the panel. Yeah, I'd be done. And you have to start from scratch. And that's the third time that's happened to this one painting. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of running around, kicking and screaming and, you know, and all that, and, you know, blood, sweat and tears, a lot of tears. But then as it started to develop, it just started to grow. And, it, you know, you start to see it come together. And, yeah. you know, this is my passion. And yeah. as an artist, you know, it's like um, Vincent Van Gogh, he said, I'm going to butcher this quote. But he basically said, great big things happen by one little thing all gathered together. Hmm. Lots of little things gathered together. Yeah. And you have to work every day. You have to get in there. You have to do the work. You can't quit. You have to, you know, and I think about Michelangelo painting the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. That man put himself through such a work ethic. It would have been criminal to make anybody else work that hard. Mm. And that's the cost of a masterpiece. Mm. You have to be willing to go farther than all of your contemporaries and then go farther still even if they think you're crazy to do it yeah that's what it takes to create something of this magnitude and you know that's why it took me five years you know um, i am hugely impressed not just by the art itself which is impressive uh but by the 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 love for god's word and for the for jesus you know that comes through in that uh and so yeah. Thank you for sharing with us today. I appreciate you doing that. Uh, did I miss anything? I mean, we didn't talk about painting with fire and stuff like that, but you do. <laughs> you got some great. It's not just an exhibit. You've, you've. It's fun to watch you do some of the works. I mean, there's a lot. People go to I guess go to your website and and they can get a hold. Yeah, of they can go to they can go to illuminatedmessiah.com, which will tell them everything they need to know about the Bible. And also, uh, if they want, uh, if a if a pastor's seeing this and they're interested in having us come and exhibit in yeah. their church, yeah. uh, turn their church into an art gallery for a weekend. Uh, all that information is on the website there. They can also then, that will send them to our main site, gagnoatelier.com. We've got everything there from from uh, different exhibits, um, uh, like my angelology exhibit, then we have the Illuminated Messiah exhibit. We also have art classes. So if you're an artist out there, and you know if you feel like God called you to be an artist, I believe God wants you to be the best artist you can be yeah. because he put that in you and he wants a return on his investment. And so it's your job to be the best artist you can be for him. Your artistic, whatever it is you do, whether it's basket weaving or, or quilting or me painting or singing, that's a powerful act of worship and spending time with God. God wants you to develop that to be the best you can be. We've got art classes uh, on our website that you can take. And so we've got a ton of stuff on there for, for, for everybody. I love it. I love it. And you know, what, what you say is true about every area of life, but for some reason we start to exempt these areas. And, and art has always been one of the most powerful uh, areas where, where you can see, you could, you could see God and God's truth, you know? Uh, and, and so I appreciate you making that statement, claiming that ground and cultivating that soil. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. <laughs> Thank you for having us. We Absolutely. really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys out, out there watching. Uh, you know somebody that's going to find this to be really cool. So get that little share button. Uh, grab that link. Send it to them however you send stuff. Uh, and if you haven't liked, follow, or subscribe, please do that now. Uh, follow up the Illuminated Messiah, illuminatedmessiah.com. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live.
You need to know what God's book says. It's God's word, brother. It's food. It's finished. It's God's word.